are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. And welcome to risk part three. What, three parts to risk? Yeah, at least, sorry. But what we want to talk to you about now is something that's maybe you've never thought about before. It's called deal flow. What is deal flow? Anybody have any ideas about that one? Uh, Not before you just told me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your honesty, Connor. Okay, deal flow. Deal flow is at any given time, it's the number of investment opportunities that are in front of you, that are presented to you, and that you're even thinking about. Yeah. So that could be anything from a stock somebody told you about, an NFT, a crypto. It could be your Uncle Charlie saying, I've got the greatest barbecue restaurant idea ever, right? <laughs> All those things are your deal flow. Right. Right. And I, I'd imagine like a, 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 what was it called? Finance, hay spike. What's it called when you make more money? You, you because of being in the bigs, it's. A, oh, your earnings peak? Uh, earnings peak. Yeah. It's deal flow peak is during that exact same time of being in the bigs. That's a really good point, Connor. You, you're saying you mean the more that money comes to you, people also then come to you and say, hey, here's what you could do with your money. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. bigger. That, that's. Because that's, yes. then when you're out of the limelight or out of the league, I just feel like, you know, your deal flow kind of drops as off with your career, I'd imagine. It can. It depends on, on, on what you transition to and how you've prepared for it and what you're doing. For example, my, our perspective, not my perspective, but actually our perspective is your deal flow shouldn't drop off then. In fact, we should be in deals and have a deal flow rolling right through and creating a buffer, a cash flow buffer, so that as you're even considering that transition, you feel like your back's covered. Mm-hmm. But having a good deal flow, how do you know whether you have one? What are the tells? How do you know? Yeah, what are the tells? Because <laughs> family, you might think a deal flow coming out of your family might be a positive one or someone close to you, but it's just not, it's not always a guarantee. I will tell you that statistically, and I come from a finance family, and in my family, family businesses fail tremendously. Family businesses tend to fail. Uh, they fail at a rate of about eight and a half out of 10. Just go, wow. <laughs> they just never get anywhere because of the relationships. Think about it this way. When you decided to become an athlete, you decided to invest on you, right? You mm-hmm. bet it all on you. Yeah. Would you do that to another person? Would you say, I'm not going to bet it all on me. I'm going to bet it all on Charlie or dad or my brother. Even though I know they haven't put in the work that I put in to do what I did. No, yeah, absolutely not, you know. But you no. could feel the pressure. But I mean, if that, the kid right? was an absolute phenom, you know, depending on the, the work ethic and the drive of this child here, you know, Maybe. who knows what's good with this kid. Well, and, but you're bringing up a really good point. 
But why would I, reasons. why would I, yes, exactly. why would I do it? Someone who says, my dream's always been to do a barbecue restaurant. My first question is, well, how many have you been running the last 20 years? Right. I've spent my time learning my craft in finance and investing, getting my butt kicked and then kicking butt, just like you've done in baseball. The same right? way I would see a kid be a prospect is the same way you would have this analytical knowledge of a stock. But that comes to the point of take a breath, analyze. Just like what we learned in part two of risk. And, and bounce it off a coach, right? right. Yep. Get somebody else's perspective because these can be very torture, torturing, not torturous, but really torturous. These are, these are choices that can make you go a little crazy because they get emotional. They do. And it's also, you know, the issue of how do you say no to someone in your family who was, you know, who might have been there during your ascent, yeah. Or who I, I maybe supported actually, you. I think it can be I think it can be a little bit easier, which is let, let's take that situation where someone has supported you, for example, and you've put in the work. You've actually put in the work. When that person says, No, now I want you to support me in my my clothing store, your first question should be, okay, where's your training? Where have you done the stuff that I did so that I know when I write you the check the same way the professional team wrote me the check, that I know you've put in the work and the experience, because that's why they did that to me, right? And I would do that to you, assuming it was the same sort of a relationship, right? Right. I mean, I have one question I have, though, is some of these choices, especially when people are unreasonable and they do not come from more analytical backgrounds. And again, the emotions, the gaslighting. Well, that's why I'm saying if it's not that situation and most of them are not that situation, it's where you really have to say no. And the way you say no is, how would you like this to happen? We can bet on this one thing. Or if it's about restaurants, we can invest in some restaurant, maybe real estate that we know is going to pay us and profit share with us. Well, that would be you compromising for the athlete or the thing. I think an easy way for an athlete to say no to some of these people, just if, you know, for anyone else that starts listening to these, it's like, uh, we're a scapegoat here at Life and Law here. You can be like, hey, you know, I I can't invest because um, of my team of people aren't recommending it right now and I can't do that. That's important. And, And trust me, as the team behind you, We'll be happy to even have that conversation. You know, and that's an easier way of saying, look, it's not necessarily fully, uh, sorry, cousin Jimmy, but you know, it's not all on me right now. And I've, uh, it's tied up here in some other places. Right. Because the important thing for you, for you, Connor, and for any professional athlete, it's that we know at some point you're going to have to transition your career. And if we don't set up for that transition, boy, are you not going to be in, yeah, in a good place it's, it's to deal be, with it. The WWE actually be crazy. Since we're on this topic, I read something really interesting this morning in one of the sports uh, magazines. It's about a tennis player named Juan Martin del Potro. He is now bankrupt. His father swindled $30 million. It's a sad and all too common story. How did Mike Tyson go through $300 million? Their deal flow was terrible, right? In that case, that kid's deal flow was his dad. It was his dad, and he didn't get the worst part is he only found out that this was going on after his dad died and the books were opened because he was wondering why don't I have money in the bank? And, and that said, and I and I don't want this to be a fearful, scary discussion. The whole point is that if you pay attention to your deal flow, if you look at how to access a strong deal flow, my perspective is there's a stock market out there with publicly traded ent- entities. There are tens of thousands of stocks around the world. 
we read and research hundreds of them because I can't read and research thousands of them. That tells you how many opportunities are out there and we can qualify those opportunities. We can look at them and go, have you been profit sharing? Have you been profit sharing for the last 20 years, the last 10 years? Can we count on you? Are you a good fit in your business? Does it fit with me? Does it fit with what I want to do? Right. All of that stuff. When your deal flow ups at that level, suddenly your success rate ups. And that's, that's what we largely provide and what we want to teach you as we move toward the investing modules of our education series. Thanks for listening. Before we go, here's a reminder. You have 30 minutes a month of one-on-one -on -one consulting to discuss your specific situation with us. We recommend you take advantage of that.